Hello, you're about to listen to my podcast, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, and I am Richard Herring, and I am at Leicester Square Theatre. It all makes sense when you look at it like that. You don't have to just listen to it this time. You can watch it for free uh, on uh, YouTube, uh, on Vimeo, or here on iTunes, if you're on iTunes, uh, by searching for Richard Herring Video Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. If you want to help us pay for this endeavour, if you're one of those people who used to get a serious pass, it'd be lovely if you would go and give us uh, a donation of 15 quid or a pound a month. Uh, whatever you fancy giving us uh, at www.gofasterstripe.com slash badges or you can buy a video oh, DVD at Go Faster Stripe or you can come and see me on tour but none of enough of that let's have a little listen or watch of this week's Rehalestapa Ladies and gentlemen welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre please welcome a man who is happy to send a picture of his erect penis to every single viewer and listener to this podcast just tweet me and ask for it and I will send it to you it's Richard Herring that is uh, if I can get an erection I will do that it may, it may take I'm 47 years old. It may take some time. Fucking hell. Don't get old. That's all I say. Don't get too, too late. Don't get old. Kill yourself now. That's what I'm saying. Welcome to... <laughs> Be very good for the ratings, if you could do it right now. Uh, so, welcome. Yeah, you're right to boo. That was very inappropriate. Well, we'll just edit that out. We won't. Uh, welcome to Rich James Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahel Estepur. Oh, so we got some... Uh, you're much better than last week's audience. Ta-da. Uh, so uh, we're going to come and meet some of uh, some of the people in the audience who foolish enough to sit in the front row. Uh, this uh, gent, this hairy gentleman here, is you're a newcomer to the podcast. You've been here before. You've never been here before. What, what attracted you to the Leicester Square Theatre podcast today? You've listened to a lot and thought, "I want to come along." That's nice. And what's your name? Steve. What do you do for a living? Is it to do with uh, the internet and computers? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you get fired from your job? What do you do? What do you do? Uh, I work in a shop while struggling to be a You work in a shop while struggling to be a musician. What kind of shop is it? Is it motorcycle clothing? Because that how good. <laughs> Tesco. That's good. That's uh, been a bit of trouble, haven't you? Recently, it's, uh, the thing is, if I go into Tesco's now, I think the matter if I nick some stuff, is it? That's that's all half of the. It will help them take their profits down a little bit. They can fudge it. Uh, so, uh, which uh, which branch of Tesco? If people will see you and want to in Brighton, do so you come up from Brighton? They're, they're paying you a lot for Tesco's, aren't they? For, <laughs> kind of, and are, are you his uh, friend? You're a significant other. So he's got some insignificant others as well. What's your What's, what's your name? Holly. Good. Uh, so I, I thought of a pun, but then I thought it's not good enough to do. <laughs> Could you come back at Christmas? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so, um, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you do for a living, Holly? You're a, stu- a student nurse. So, that's, I, I went on a CPR course the other day, so I can, do, uh, I can save people's lives now. So, you know, if someone goes down, it's going to be a fight between you and me <laughs> to get there first. Do you reckon if someone uh, as What do you do if someone has uh, stopped breathing? What do you do? Yeah, that, that is... 
that's not very good. Also, I've been playing, um, this won't mean anything to you or anyone else, but this is one person will get this joke. I've been playing uh, Terminator 2 Pinball on my uh, computer. So when you say do the CPR, I think of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, get the CPU. And no, there wasn't anyone who got that. So uh, that's, that's good. I'll give me some... Edit that out. Uh, I, I am literally insane on Lemsip. I don't, want, I don't know what I'm saying, which could be good later on. Uh, but welcome, Holly and Steve. That's, uh, it, was, it was Adam and Eve, not Holly and Steve, wasn't it? That's <laughs> what I say to you two. It's disgusting. Good luck becoming a proper nurse. <laughs> do the, when they do the exam, just say, do the CPR. When, what would you do? I'd do CPR. Oh, no, and you've done the hand movement as well. That's good. That is what you do. You've got to breathe in the mouth first, though, so you failed. Uh, and uh, we've got some people here I don't rec- really recognise either. There's lots of new people. That's nice. Or are you new? No, no, I've been no okay, I don't care about you <laughs> are, you new, are you Are you new? I'm new to this seat. You're new to this seat. That's what I'm seeing. You've co- got colourful uh, socks on there and stuff. It's, uh, it makes quite a change from the... Look at these idiots that sitting here. Then someone with socks comes on. I mean, that's what I'm u- that is what I'm used to. <laughs> there, people are. That is the you. That is like... That is like someone has taken all the features of a Rich Terry's Leicester Square Theatre podcast and then done a composite drawing of them and put them in a composite piece of clothing. (laughs) It doesn't mean anything to you here, but when you get the video and watch that, the video's free now. Everyone's going to see that. What's what's your your name? Terry. Terry? You look kind of more evil than a a Terry, I thought. (laughs) What do you do, Terry, for it? Apart from what, what does DZ stand for? Death? DZ Death Rays. Is that a new band, is it? They're an Australian band. I don't really know. I don't follow the music anymore. What do you, what do, you do, Terry? You're unemployed in a band? Get together with Steve. What do you, what do you play? You play drums? What do you play, Steve? Bass. That's two of the composites. You could be to... You could, we just need... Can you sing? Come on, give it a go. Just try singing, Dave. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Very, you're very welcome, but it's creating an uneasy tension. <laughs> Have you ever thought of playing Guy de Gisborne in a Robin Hood? Have you ever thought about doing that? Because I think... Again, the people at home are laughing there, so I'm not... <laughs> I'm doing this for the people at home. This is for the comedians. Uh, so uh, I'm going to crack straight on. We've got fantastic. Before I collapse uh, and go uh, nuts uh, any, before, any further, I was showing him my sliver and notebook earlier on. He was very impressed. Again, I like it. It's got green pages because it's evil. That's what, he's, that's what he uh, noted. Uh, he is probably best known. What you probably know him for uh, is he played Jeremy in Sex Lives of the Potato Men. That is his best known role. He is also best known uh, as well as the voice of Greg Evergan from This Morning with Richard, Not Judy. That is what he is best known for. Never done anything as good as that since. It's all down to the script. Will you please welcome Mark Gators, ladies and gentlemen. Amazing Mark Gators. Thank you. Come in, sit down. Love to see you. Pick up a mic. Pick up a microphone. How are you doing? I am wanking as I write this. <laughs> hey! He was also yes, Ant- Ant- I am wanking as I write this. <laughs> it was Anthony Hopkins. He was Anthony yes. Hopkins in the TV version of the Anthony Hopkins. Oh. It doesn't mean any of these youngsters. They don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't know how they're born. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not well. I've got a terrible cold. I've got a bad back. But Have here you? I am. Yeah, well, I've got a cold. My back's, yeah. my back's all right. I had a bad mm. back. We're getting uh, on a little bit. We're yes. both uh, That's born. why we're here. <laughs> 
and getting a little it's bit. It's Monday so we, night. It is. God. It is. It's nice to be out, though, isn't it? It's nice. Well, luckily, <laughs> America's Next Top Model has moved to Thursday. I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> You've got, uh, you can record shows now really easily. I know, apparently. I've taped it. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I bet on you audio cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to audio record, um, uh, kick up the 80s, and only the bit that Rick Mail was in. That's, uh, that was what good taste Kevin I Kevin Turvey. Yeah, Kevin Turvey. Yeah, I used to audio tape ripping yarns. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. There we that. go. That, you kids don't know you're born with di- with digital, especially the unborn. <laughs> Over there. So, what do you remember about uh, being Jeremy in Sex Lives of the Potato Man? <laughs> do you know the funny thing is, um, only, one of my regular occupations is to purge it from any CV. <laughs> but uh, it was a strange. Exp- it was a it was a script that. Uh, it was like fought over. I met so many people who desperately wanted to be in it. And honestly, when, when we all read it, it was, it was meant to be a sort of um, kind of Ken, sort of dirty Ken Loach film. Yeah. <laughs> sort of carry on Ken Loach. <laughs> carry on Kez. And, uh, <laughs> no. It's <laughs> a good idea. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it just didn't work out that way. But the weird thing is, at least... Three or four times a year, someone usually quite scary looking approaches me and tells me on a windswept beach in Northumberland, usually. <laughs> they say, Oh, that's the bloody potato man, fucking best thing I've ever seen, man. <laughs> to which I say, About 11. <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, the best thing about it was it was the first time I properly worked with Julia Davis, and we, uh, everything we've done since was because of that. Right. It's that is often the way, isn't it? But it's amazing. They didn't have an amazing cast as well. That yeah, and it's, a, it's also incredible. the thing I'm proud of is that in the Daily Mail headline that followed his disastrous reception, <laughs> it actually used the words filth and fury. <gasps> fury at filthy lottery film or something like that. So it was nearly a sort of, sort of Demi Pistols <laughs> headline, you know. You can be proud of that. I went into hiding for two days. <laughs> And yes, you, just were, you were uncredited, apparently, on uh, This Morning of Rich Not Judy as the voice of Greg yeah, Evigan, according to IMDb. I don't, you didn't even make it into the credits. No. I don't know what. You were must... very cruel in those days. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just left you off. And so. younger. <laughs> we were much younger. But, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, this, any good memories of playing <laughs> the voice of Greg Evigan? Yes, I remember it you very well. In. <laughs> I was really grateful for the work. <laughs> No, well, I obviously I knew you, Stuart, um, and it was lovely to be asked, actually. And we, I mean, it, we used to sort of go in. I remember doing stuff, doing the Anthony Hopkins letters. Yeah. And, the, and on all the different variations of, I made this. Oh, yes, Some that's what that? did at the end, yes. Bad robot. Yeah. JJ's often did you on the phone do, these days about Greg Evergan. <laughs> did you do a lot of uh, research into Greg Evergan? I still voice? don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Who was, was he? BJ and the Bear. He was in BJ and the Bear. He was BJ. Was he BJ and yeah. oh, the Bear? Uh, he was in this again. T- too young. He was in uh, My Two Dads. He was one of the two dads in My right. Two Dads. Who was the other one? Uh, Paul Reiser. Is it? I think it was. Uh, and uh, when and BJ was... McKay, and this is my best friend, Bear. That's it, BJ. I love BJ and Rubbish. the Bear. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's it was a thing. There's a there's a thing that you could you could chart is those sort of. Do you remember Action Comic? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Uh, when Action Comic came, I was a big dis- sort of scandal in the seventies because it was uh, it was so violent. But um, all the strips were just rip offs of films. Hook yeah. Hook Jaw. I don't know what that was. And and the sort of death 
death cannonball race 1993, <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing. And, and BJ and the Bear was one of those series that they did a lot of where there was a big film, yeah. i.e. Every Which Way But Loose, <laughs> or um, cannonball run kind of things, yeah. uh, or Tales of the Gold Monkey. Do you remember that? No, or the, the theme went, not Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, it was one of those. We're going to talk things. a lot about 1970s and 1980s yeah. TV. You're just going to have to jump on board with this. It's going to be mainly this. When we did, when I did Time, Gentlemen, Please, I wanted to. One of the the barman was was uh, obsessed with dodecahedrons uh, and uh, anything with uh, twelve, uh, and it would, everything would be dodeca. And I wanted to do a sitcom that he was uh, that he was a big fan of called My Dodeca Dads, which was someone with twelve dads rather than two dads. And my, do you remember My, my dads? Two Dads? Yeah. Fucking hell! I'm just, it's terrible being old. <laughs> and only remembering quite obscure things. If I was old and remembered, if I went, who remembers Blue Peter? See, that's, that's how you do same. it. It's about the same. Blue Peter's been downgraded, I'm upset. Yeah. It's on CBeebies about quarter to two in the afternoon. Yeah. And it looks like all those other shows now. They still do badges, but it's, dep- it's depressing. Did you, I, well, I bet you were on Blue Peter when you were... No, kids. never. No. no badge. No. Did you try and get on Blue Peter? Yes. <laughs> I uh, I wanted to meet Jimmy Savile. No, I'm <laughs> I did. I had I had a picture not returned from Vision on, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because they they were they were neither returned or destroyed or whatever it was. Pat Kiesel, uh, and I did send some several things to Blue Peter. Not a, not a hope in hell. No. no. Bastards. Yeah. John bloody Peter Purvis. They've they've all escaped. Uh... So far, uh, so um, <laughs> I've got a question. Seriously, yeah, can we? No. Yeah, well, yeah, we can. We can. We can edit stuff out if we want to. It just intrigued me why the Operation U Tree investigation is at the moment simply working its way through the Royal Variety Performance 1975, <laughs> when clearly the music industry must yeah. be... There must be people sitting at home just quaking in their boots yeah. every night, but no sign of any, anything happening. Well, it's like they've decided we'll get the DJs first, because Jimmy Savile was a DJ. Yes. It's, but it's, I mean, it sort of is like... Oh, it we might missed. be where the leads come from, I guess. Yeah, yeah I suppose... Yeah. <laughs> He Half comes from cent. Leeds. Get the uh, Leeds. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just staying in Leeds. <laughs> but it is very, yeah, because, well, there are, I was talking, in fact, uh, to uh, your, uh, your friend from the League of Gentlemen, uh, Jeremy. From uh, Leeds. <laughs> it was spooky on the train uh, on Sunday about this very thing that, like, you know, there are people who've gone, I mean, Bill Wyman has gone on record as being in a relationship with, yeah. A thirteen-year-old girl, and so yeah. oh, that's all right. Then no, that's all right. Her mum said I think it was it's okay. because her mother. I think it's because her mother sort of said she yeah. was all right. Apparently, I heard the only the other day that Bill Wyman actually sort of wrote to the police saying, "Well, come on then, what?" <laughs> and they just said, "No, it's all right," because <laughs> they're big Stones fans. <laughs> all the police. Well, I would just say whoever took over from Paul McCartney, uh, that guy, <laughs> not Paul McCartney. The other guy. Well, I was talking about conspiracy theories last week to Catherine Ryan, uh, which I bet. Uh, yes. I, I heard that one. <laughs> yeah, that's well, it's, yeah. Al- it's already been out. So I was why in you the Norfolk Broads or something. This <laughs> but um, this, so that's an extraordinary conspiracy theory. I'm sure you uh, are very interested in conspiracy theories. Paul McCartney. Well, the Paul McCartney yeah. one is just extraordinary that people would, could possibly mm. believe it. But then, 
And that they, not only that, that's what I love about it, is that they've done, they've covered up this amazing crime. Well, you know, they've made, committed a crime by covering up a death, yeah. hidden a body, and then they've gone, uh, should we put some clues in our yeah. music? <laughs> I mean, is, it all, and is it all because he took his shoes off? Is that what yes, it's there's things like this. The shoes being off, there's a hand over the thing. You know, there's like, you play some of the stuff backwards. It says, yes. you turn me on, dead man, or something like that. It's not even Paul. <laughs> The thing, the thing that's bizarre, though, it sort of adds a little bit of, you know, verisimilitude to it, is that he doesn't look like Paul McCartney. <laughs> he, doesn't. he doesn't. He looks like a middle-aged post-woman. <laughs> that's the terrible truth. He appears to dye his hair and eyebrows with typewriter ribbon. <laughs> and he looks so strange now. I, I, I'm convinced it's not him. He was replaced. My but only comparatively recently, yes. <laughs> by a post uh, by Heather Mills, I think. Yeah. <laughs> she's, but she's... I, don't, I find conspiracy theories fascinating, but I, um, because I think what they actually represent is a desire to impose order on the universe. That's what intrigues me about it. Because in fact, it's secretly rather pleasing to think there is a dark government out there in charge of everything because there fucking isn't <laughs> the, the world is a howling abyss of chaos yeah. and if you, if you believe that someone is able to assassinate royals and presidents then it actually makes somehow when you're sleeping at night you think well, it'll be alright yeah. the yanks will think of something <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's not true no well that, the whole kind of Middle East uh, Episodes, a sort of show, show. Yeah, let's go and kill the uh, Saddam Hussein. Ah, oh, that didn't work out very well. Uh, let's let's go back in and, and clear up the mess we've created now. So yes, no, nobody's in control. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, and there must one of them must be true though. What do you, do you think? There's a true one. Think one of them, Princess Diana. Well, as you said last week. Yeah. Uh, there's a conspiracy about when these are broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, you know, people have that much power and influence, then of course they can make people disappear. But I think that the, the, the big ones, the big, like the Princess Diana one, no one ever asked the question, why would anyone bother? <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not 1890 or something. The idea that she might, she might marry, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's stupid, really. Well, and, yeah, made her kind of more popular and more... Dangerous than her being alive, mm-hmm. if, she, if she was any danger uh, to anyone. I'll get this out of the way. Uh, the um, uh, British Comedy Guide, not British Comedy Guide, that's who released this, the Britcom for Confessions website. I don't know if you uh, heard this about uh, sex, these are sexual fantasies that people put up online uh, on Britcom Confessions, Dirty Britcom's Confessions, it's called. Uh, a couple of them I think might have been written by the same person, or there's a very specific Me. fantasy about you. <laughs> Uh, my ideal Christmas present would be Mark Gatiss sitting naked under a tree. Not a Christmas tree, either. Just a tree. <laughs> Not a yew tree, I hope. No. Yeah, then, any old tree, a larch. <laughs> or, uh... But then someone else says, directly afterwards, about the two weeks later, uh, <laughs> under a Christmas tree, naked, except for Mick McNamara's shorts. Is that the name oh, of yeah. it? So. They've, they've decided to put some clothes on you. That's right. And make it a Christmas tree. Make it better. Uh, someone else says, I have fantasies for every character Mark Gatiss plays in the League of Gentlemen, each profoundly filthy, and I love it. <laughs> every character you play. Everyone. <laughs> Who was that? They're all, they're all anonymous, unfortunately. Oh. Well, would you like to do? No, I just... Uh... <laughs> if you feel like fulfilling any no, of these... No, I'm mean, just intrigued by people's names in yeah. that sort of situation. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I find myself... This is not me saying this, just to make this clear. <laughs> I find myself far too distracted in my daily life by Mark Gates' incredibly firm ass. Which makes it sound like you're that going around me. waving your ass. <laughs> I'm trying to get some work. Look at... Look how firm it is. Well, that's, that's about the same. Is that nice to know that yeah. there's people yes. out there enjoying no. that? <laughs> but you, do you write, have you written, you, you write under different names, as, and you've written, you've written some uh, erotic, <laughs> you've written some erotica? I did write uh, a uh, thing years ago yeah. when I was desperate for money, yeah. <laughs> a long time ago, before your day. No, okay. Yeah. Uh, and you, you my, my ass is very firm in this. <laughs> you, um, you write under the uh, pseudonym uh, Sam Kiska, or sometimes you... no. I did a Doctor Who uh, audio play right. where I was the master, right. using the the old tried and tested thing of of when the master appeared. Sometimes they would make an anagram of right. the of the actor's name. Okay. So that's an anagram of my name. You know, you could have gone for tr tr ass ass magic. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he write uh, uh, Fly Fishing? <laughs> T.R. Asman. <laughs> so, you, I mean, th- uh, there's so many things uh, to talk about uh, with you. I'll do Let's th- not talk about Let's talk about something else. No, I want to talk. I've got. You know, you're going to do. You, you, you've um, come up with this idea of this detective called Sherlock Holmes that you came up yes, with. That's right, yes. That's quite popular. Clever, eh? Yeah, it's good. I don't know where you get. Where do you get your crazy ideas from? Uh, and. Uh, um, what I would in the next series, could you do me a favour? There's a thing I'm quite. This is a, one of my obsessions. Uh, is I it just a penis. It is no. This is a non-penis based obsession. Uh, very rarely. Uh, I don't really like the character of Watson. In uh, I don't think it's. And I was wondering if you could replace Watson with uh, Tim from The Office. Okay, so it's so it's then. Sherlock and Tim from The Office. I thought it was going to be. I thought you meant you wanted to be in it. No, I don't. I don't want to be in it. No, uh, Tim get Tim from The Office. You okay. get Tim from The Office to do it. Yes. Uh, and uh, but he has to be Tim from The Office. Right. Uh, and then you could have. Um, you know, Sherlock would say, "Elementary, my dear Tim from The Office." <laughs> as long as you use the full name, that would be fine. Didn't we used to talk about that about a touch of frost that he was actually called a touch of frost, <laughs> the character. It wasn't even Inspector Frost. He was called a touch of frost. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And well, consider it done. Have you thought about doing a bit where they go into yeah. a sewer and but don't even uh, say it? It <laughs> me. I get a tweet. I get a tweet about that about thirty-eight <laughs> times a day. Yeah. From okay. you. Yeah, it's made from me. <laughs> Have you thought of doing a bit about the lemon entry, my dear Watson? No, no. <laughs> there was a. There was a there was a spoof uh, version years ago with John Cleese and Arthur Lowe called "The Curious Case of the End of Civilization as We Know It," which I think is where those started, and they did a whole series of them. Smell a lemon tree, my dear Watson, and all those things. All right, they're very good, but no, no, okay. All right, that's that's all I got on Sherlock. Why? Uh, so, <laughs> right, so tell me about Harry Potter. You hate it? Uh, well, I, my wife loves Harry Potter, and she made me go to Harry Potter World. Oh, well, recently. Um, it, was, it was a couple of years ago now, where I learned, as uh, some of the people here will know, that I have the exact, uh, they have the, the handprints of the stars at the front. Oh, yeah. Like when you put your hands in, my hands are the exact same size and shape as Hermione's from Harry Potter. 
Are you going to go to the UN? Well, I could do it. Now I could use that for... I mean, I thought I could use it It to... might be like palm recognition. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my fingerprints are the same. But... I thought if, yeah, they are, it's exactly the same. I just thought I could wank off blokes who wanted to be wanked off by... <laughs> by the adult... By the adult, Hermione. It's catering for perverts. If you closed your eyes, is what I'm saying... You haven't changed a bit. I haven't changed a bit. <laughs> Fear of Fanny? Yes. Yeah. You've got that. <laughs> I just thought, I wished, it, I wished it had been a slightly more successful role for you because that would be a great autobiographic, autobiography title for you. You well, yeah, <laughs> was in a show called Fear of Fanny, but you were Johnny Craddock. Johnny, yes, fortunately, I was, I was going to play Fanny Craddock in Psycho Bitches recently. I couldn't, oh, yeah. I couldn't do it. And I, that, I would have been possibly the only person who ever would want to play both Johnny <laughs> and Fanny Craddock. But maybe one day. Well, that was wonderful. I did that with Julia uh, Davis. And uh, it was written by a very old friend of mine uh, who'd done it as a stage play. It's about Fanny Craddock. I, I loved doing that. And she was a real monster. <laughs> and it was... Uh, we had to, well, we didn't have to, but we, we were made to sort of tone down some of the more grotesque details. Right. The most amazing thing was that she, she hardly cooked herself. Johnny used to sort of live off cornflakes and stuff. And um, their, their, their kitchen was an absolute disgusting mess. Right. Was a, there was a, she threw, she'd thrown a flan at him at some point. And, <laughs> and, uh, and some friends came around, you know, three months later, and it was still on the wall, <laughs> gradually making its way down. <laughs> Like in that Star Trek episode with the fried egg things. <laughs> yeah. and Horrible. But uh, yes, I loved it. But you yeah. played quite a lot of real people. You were Bamba Gascoigne. And the poor man's Michael Sheen. <laughs> I get Michael Sheen's cast-offs. <laughs> do. Bamba, but yes. he couldn't. he couldn't do Bamba Gascoigne. He could have a go. <laughs> From Bamba, yes, Malcolm, Malcolm McLaren. Yes, I loved doing Malcolm. One of the most joyous jobs of my life, staring at Douglas Booth for three days. That's all I was interested in. You know, no, it was great, that, and uh, a real challenge. I had a really interesting... I watched loads and loads of McLaren. Then he died in that way. Uh, just after it had gone out, my friend texted me saying, Michael McLaren's dead. And, and then he said to the and saying, now you must play Fern Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> But I found it was... I watched loads of stuff and I, I realised that he had, he had the voice of Larry, La, uh, Larry the Lamb. That's how I did it. <laughs> also, he talked to people as if he was blind. <laughs> Very strange. That was my way in. He was a strange man. Again, I'm not sure the audience know who any of these people are. <laughs> who would win in a fight between uh, Gantok and Professor Lazarus? <laughs> well, it would depend if... Professor Lazarus had changed into a giant scorpion creature. Uh, yeah. So probably him, I suppose. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was a I used to love that Doctor thing. fans there. Not many of them got that. I used to love that thing. We used to play that as kids, didn't we? Who yeah. would win out of? Yeah. Yeah. Who Always. would win in a fight <laughs> between Gantok or Agrado from All About Money? <laughs> Agrado. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Who would win in a fight between... Uh, uh, oh, I can't read what I've said. Is it a Slytherin spell? <laughs> it is. What is it? Dre, bre, what were you in Frankenstein? Detweiler. What? When you're, you're in Frankenstein. Yes, I'm in a, what part I'm in you a, play in that? I've got a little bit in the new Frankenstein. What's, what's the character's name? He's called Detweiler. Detweiler. It's a Who? bit like Ernest Thesiger in The Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. I insisted upon blue spectacles and a German accent. <laughs> 
it's kind of incredible because you're getting to do all the things that I imagine you wanted to do as a slightly nerdy child, yes. I'm guessing, growing up. Yes, all of them. <laughs> I've got about one and a half left, and I'm then really, I'm off. I'm retiring. Because <laughs> you're obsessed with H.G. Wells, am I right? Do you like H.G. Yes, Wells? Yes, the H.G. Man, Wells, Man on yeah, the Moon. First Man on the Moon, and Doctor Who, and uh, Sherlock Holmes, and yeah, all yeah. sorts of things. I think, I tell you what's interesting, though, I don't know if you find this age, the same age, but I, I really like having the luxury of sort of changing your mind about things. Yeah. You, you actually, you, you know, you are sort of, who you're going to be by the time you're eight, I think. And I, you know, I, I collect fossils. I used to collect fossils, and I've sort of got into it again. A lot of the things that made me happy when I was little yeah. still make me very happy. I think because they put you in a, in a kind of quiet, happy place. But equally, I think you're allowed to sort of say, oh, I'm not going to do... I, I don't like that film anymore, or something like that. I think yeah. it's really refreshing. And strangely, having been a completely grotesque, horror-obsessed, morbid child... I'm slightly sick to death of the fact that it's now everywhere. And I don't mean that in a My Favourite Band's Too Popular way. Yeah. You know, it's like um, there was such a drought in the 80s, 90s of, on TV of fantasy series. Yeah. Now it's, it's back to how it was in the 70s. It's an absolute staple. But there's so many of them, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't watch... American Not Horror watch Story, them, but you're in all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a Venn diagram of that's a Venn diagram of my retirement. Yeah. But no, you know what I mean. There's like, I mean, lo- obviously, loads of them are really good, but there's just so many vampires, so many zombies, yeah. so much gothic horror. American Horror Story, which I'm sure is fantastic, but the third one is sort of set in a dark carnival, and I think, oh, I've, I've fucking had enough of this. <laughs> so I kind of I, I got interested in other things and sort of slightly. Straighter things, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so now being involved in Doctor Who, which again, when we were kids was like massive and then got taken off their mm-hmm. air for lots of all that time and seemed insane. And then it's come back as this sort of different and 21st century thing. But it's, it, to be now in charge of it is like a massive responsibility. Yeah, right? Yes, but I'm not. <laughs> well, I mean, to be you know, in, in charge of writing episodes. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and, uh, and creating it. And, to, 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 and like, the people take it so seriously on, you know, just you look at Twitter when any Doctor yeah. Who episode, and people are furious about things yeah. or delighted about things. Is that, well, do you feel that responsibility? No, do you, do no. You don't care? No, I, I do care very much, but I care, I care the way that I think... It's important that, you, that people have always cared, i.e., which is to make a, a fantastic program for its audience. Um, if it contradicts something that happened in an episode in 1967, then someone will find a way of making it work. <laughs> but if you're eight and you never even knew there was a show before Matt Smith, yeah. then it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't matter. Yeah. It does not matter. You've got to make a. Sh- you've got to make something for your audience on that evening. Obviously, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm completely. I am we, as opposed to not we. There's no Kinder fans in. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm totally immersed in every little bit of the law yeah. of it. But I think you have to make it as a living, breathing program for the 21st century, not be hidebound by how it was. I tell you what really fascinates me as well is when you get, you get really angry fans... If you, I want to sort of sit some of them down and say, what do you actually want? What do you want? And in fact, I think the answer would be, I want it to be like it was when I was eight. Yeah. And it can never be that. <laughs> and really, people struggle because they, they want the show to grow up with them when in fact it can't because it's not for them anymore. If they still like it, that's great. Yeah. But it's for the kids who will now be saying, 
you know, in 10 years' time. Well, it's not like it was when Peter Capaldi was in it. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what always happens. Yeah. And if you had to have sex with one of the Doctor Who monsters... <laughs> Which, which one? One of the Doctor Who monsters. Oh, yeah. an axon, definitely. Okay. Can you remind me what that is? Because no. <laughs> They're a race of beautiful golden humanoids oh, in tight-fitting okay. clothes. I know. I know which one it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, so and, and well, you're going to be in Game of Thrones. Have you, have, you, have, you, have you filmed that already? I was in Game of Thrones last year. Yes, I've just done oh, yeah, some there more. Oh, yeah, of course we have. I've seen yes. you in Game of Thrones. Yeah. I was, my mind had gone back a year in my life. <laughs> I've seen, I've, you, you've done some more, though. No trouble. I have done some more, yes. Yeah. Yes. Good. <laughs> what, what happens in this? I can't uh, tell you. Because we're going to get rid it's of... It's good. We're going to get rid of Sky Atlantic, so... Oh. I need to know what happens. Can't tell you. It's good because I I'm, I don't understand all the ins and outs of it when people do. Yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit like being in Doctor Who if I didn't know anything about Doctor Who because I, I don't know very much and people ask me quite detailed questions and all I do is tap my nose. And, <laughs> in fact, I, I tell you what I do: I directly quote um, uh, that sketch you used to do, uh, <laughs> which is one of my favourite things. Still, I watch. Ah, uh, do you not see? I watch it. Ah. Uh, I watch Game of Thrones all the time and I like Game of Thrones but I, find, I can't remember the name of a single character in it and apparently, or, or remember most of the people apparently in George R. Martin yeah. the writer of the books has a man not, he doesn't keep him but there, <laughs> there's a man in Minnesota someone who, who, who literally knows everything and if he gets stuck he rings him up and he'll just tell him he'll okay. tell him what's yeah. the name of that bloke yeah. you know he was in the yeah. one the king <laughs> And is he still alive, that one, or we, did we kill him? I can't remember uh, anymore. <laughs> I think that's what Shakespeare's dark lady was, you know. was like a sort of super fan. Yeah. He used to keep in a cage and poke, say, have I done this plot before? And she'd say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've already copied that one. Uh, so, <laughs> so, right, I'll ask you this emergency question. Your hem's fallen down. My what? Your hem on your trousers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Emergency. That was an emergency. Thank you for spotting that. That's very embarrassing. Oh, yeah, look at that. Awful. Shoddy workmanship. Uh, so, if you had to choose between going on a date with a man who was a six-foot penis with a face... Yes. You're going to love this. You're going to be doing this in the playground in three weeks' time. Go, oh, do the ham hand. No! Or... A man who doesn't is a normal man, except that instead of a penis, he has a tiny living man there who goes, Hello! Uh, which of those two would you write? You have to date one of them. Which would you date of those two? So it's is a six tiny foot. man. Is that, a man with a tiny, instead of a penis. It hasn't been grafted on, it's natural. <laughs> it's growing out, yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and what kind of. In- what kind of sick world are you living in where someone's grafting <laughs> tiny men into. <laughs> When you get Sky Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. um, how handsome is the tall, the big man? Well, he's a... Uh, he's a what, the big penis no, man? No, no, the, pe- proper, the proper oh, man. The, man, man. The, uh, the, the big penis man is, is out of the question. So <laughs> well, the man, he's, he's better looking than the penis. <laughs> but I'll, I'll go for him. <laughs> OK. The man with the tiny man. Yeah. So far, that is... Does a, he talk, the little man? Yeah, he's like a, per- oh. a different... And he's, you know different person he's an individual Good. don't just say oh because you're attached to that I don't, yeah, no. I don't know um, whether the balls are still there <laughs> or whether it's just the penis has been removed it would be like total, total wipeout wouldn't yeah. 
<laughs> and presumably, when the guy pulls up his trousers, that man is just sort of curled oh. up yeah. in the dark space with some hairy he testicles. Could, so what's, <laughs> he could easily suffocate there. What's to stop him suffocating? Well, that's you know, the you haven't thought this through. No, well, I, that's the day. Dr. Moreau. <laughs> Oh, mad Frankenstein-like ideas. And look what's happened. This guy's suffocated now on some sweaty bollocks. What a way to go. <laughs> so I'm quite obsessed with time travel, which I kind of don't... You know, weirdly, I don't even really think of Doctor Who as a time travel programme. For some reason. I don't know why. That's what it is. Because that's what it mainly is, right? Yeah. Yes. But it doesn't seem to follow the rule. It doesn't annoy me like other time travel, because it's just... Because uh, I think he can go anywhere. Mm. It, it doesn't feel... Because it feels like he's travelling in space, really. Do you want, when you go back in time to some place... Do you want rules or not? I, I mean, do want very strong rules right, about right, time travel, and it right. annoys me when they are oh, I uh, broken. Yeah. I think if you could travel in time, that if you go back in time, anything you've done would, has already... Is in the, if you went back in time, you would just do something that's already mm. happened. You can't change the past. I see. Which obviously Doctor Who uh, disagrees with. The Doctor, sorry, disagrees with. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Who. Where would you go? Uh, I would go, um, I would like to go to uh, Russia in 1916 uh, and uh, see Rasputin being killed and find out what happened there. But um, you'd be an accessory after the fact. I would. Well, if it's happened, you're you're there. I am. If if it's happened, I am there. Is there a photo? There isn't a photo. Do you ever see that thing? Some, this happens about once a year on Twitter. Some, some idiot <laughs> finds an old photograph and says, that person is using a mobile phone in 1921. <laughs> yeah. Time travel's real. <laughs> well, in fact, somebody said, why would you think that was the first explanation <laughs> for that? <laughs> as, as opposed to someone just bending their ear. Well, and there's all the, you get those ones where people go, look, it's John Travolta, it's Nicolas Cage in, yeah. in a cowboy picture or something. Yeah, which sort of misunderstands the fact that block people look like each other. <laughs> even, <laughs> uh, even now, there's someone in... I mean, I really like Charlie Borman anyway, the uh, motorcycling bloke, apparently. <laughs> but there's someone else who looks exactly like me, who goes around pretending to be me and does slightly evil things. No. And then I'm going to get the blame for it. Really? Yeah, I, was the, I wrote an article about swearing in public and then someone tw- tw- uh, tweeted me and said, oh, that's uh, ironic, given how you were behaving in the curry place in Walthamstow last night. <laughs> so, you mean was, a real person, like yeah. that, that man who pretended to be Stanley Kubrick? Someone goes <laughs> and, around. Well, when p- people have talked to him and he said he's me. <laughs> and, you know, I'm uh, very confused about what if my it's own Charlie identity. Borman? It could be Charlie Borman. <laughs> well, I want to go around doing bad things. And Did then you Charlie- do the Emerald Forest? <laughs> <laughs> he was good. He was good. You were very we didn't good. look like each other then. I only look like him now. He's, now he's gnarled and fucked up, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and he's a lot uglier than I am. So I'm, well, we're not have that. But then someone, if people go, "Are you Rich Channing?" They go, "Yes." So that's that's unless it is me, and I just have forgotten about it. You know, it's, well, it could be a sort of Jekyll and Hyde scenario, yeah. couldn't it? Do you have you found yourself? Go, I go around swearing. There's the yeah. good Rich Tang who swears on podcasts, and then and the, the evil Rich Tang goes to curry shops and swears. <laughs> swears, swears in Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. Have you sort of woken up naked in zoos or anything? No, like that? I, don't, I don't think so. But you know, mm. I might be. A, have you ever Have you ever seen a ghost in real life? <laughs> Everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. Can you see them? No, I haven't, no. I'd love to. Yeah. I did have a vaguely supernatural experience once. Right. Which, but that, I spent most of the time just thinking, this can't happen to me because I want it to. 
but uh, it was, I didn't see anything. What happened in the vaguely supernatural? Well, Did you wake it's up? Like Dave Allen, no, it's like Dave <laughs> Allen. I'll tell the story. Uh, I was staying. Uh, I was in, living in a squat in Leeds, okay. uh, and a friend of mine uh, is living in this. What's so funny? I don't know. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Um, a friend of mine had a, an attic room in a four-story Victorian house. He went away for the summer holidays, and he let me stay there for three months, which yeah. was, I was very grateful for at the time. And um, it was odd. I was on my own, which wasn't very nice, but in this room. And a few odd things started to happen. There was a very strange smell of pipe tobacco, which kept coming and going. Right. Uh, very odd atmosphere, as if I'd come, sort of come back and opened the door, and it was like the room had just had loads of people in there all jumped out the window. It's very odd. It just, and I just thought I was, it was preying on my mind. And then one night, in the middle of the summer, um, it was so hot, I was asleep on top of the bed. And I woke up, and all the lights were on. And it was so cold, I could see my breath in the air. And uh, I rang my friend Roger the next day. and He obviously picked something up, and he said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I didn't sleep for it. And he said, have you seen it yet? <laughs> you did? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, I think the room's haunted. I said, yes, I think I might be as well. So it was, it was odd. Right. Very odd. And eventually, months after I left Leeds, um, this bloke came round to his house for dinner uh, who was very pretty. I remember that about him. His name was Christian. <laughs> and, but he was popularly supposed to have some sort of, you know, second sight, and, uh, as they used to call it. And we, he hadn't been told anything about this, and he went wandering around the house, and he went up right up to the top, and he came back downstairs and asked Roger if... Uh, there was anything odd about the place and he was quite non-committal because he didn't want to give him any clues and he just said this guy said well there was someone waiting on the threshold of your room and they're still there <laughs> <laughs> it's good isn't it that's the closest stuff, but I didn't that's see anything a proper, that's a ghost it's a proper ghost he's uh, smoking a pipe yeah got lots of friends yes it's like <laughs> It's like it's, it's like a ghost surprise party. That sounds like go, here we go. Oh yeah. fuck! It's not him. Get yeah. out! <laughs> but if you were a ghost, but that's probably what you'd do. Yeah, you must yeah. get very boring. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Do you believe in Yvette Fieldy? Yeah, I do believe. I don't. Don't believe she. What was that? <laughs> I want to. I so I desperately, desperately, desperately wanted to go in most haunted. Just so I, in the middle of one of those, um, you know, nighttime footage things, I could just go. It's just dust. It's <laughs> dust. Turn the lights on. It's dust. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I've had a problem with the idea of um, never die. You know, if you never die, yes. then what, you know, what happens? I mean, how long do you go on for? So if you're you, a see, ghost, you have to walk into the light. Yeah, but if you're a ghost, well, then, then where are you going then? If, if Somewhere you, else. <laughs> exactly. I think but it's so a bit like, like a sort just... of magician's camp that you come out and you round the back again. You go, <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck. Here we go again. But it's sort of, to get over the idea of death is quite a frightening. The idea of ceasing to exist is quite frightening. Yes. But the idea of never ceasing to exist is much more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? To, yes. to go on. I, mean, like, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to, I, I've always been terrified of dying. I'm not now, actually. I don't want to die. And I refuse to die. <laughs> but I, I'm not frightened anymore. Um, but uh, I used to think uh, I, immortality would, that would be the thing I'd wish for when right. we got those three wishes. Yeah. Along with time travel, which are the things that, which aren't going to happen in our lifetime, <laughs> I've now discovered. Um, but 
I don't think so. No, I think we kind of. Inter- I mean, if I if I could travel in time, I'd go into the future because I'd love to see what happens when yeah. we make it. But the idea of sort of, as as is always done in those in vampire films, the idea of sort of traipsing around, going shopping, <laughs> things like. And the, the other thing that intrigues me about being a vampire is at some stage, without asking, you become arch. <laughs> you just have you have to. You never ever see a dumpy vampire. Who likes pastels? You don't. <laughs> Somebody says, look, we only wear velvet. We only wear... It's like a Duran Duran video. Just get used to it. And if, if we're going to have a big party where we lure some prey in, then I'm going to sit like this. And at some stage, you know, I'll probably put a big black coat on. It's just a, it's a goth thing. Yeah. You become a goth. That's the worst curse of being a vampire. You become a goth. I went to a thing in New York recently called um, Queen of the Night. And it's, uh, it, you know, Punch Drunk, who do immersive theatre. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a collaboration with them, but it's a sort of commercialised version of Punch Drunk. So they've taken over this amazing old uh, club, which used to be a big nightclub in the 40s and was last open for Andy Warhol's Wake. It's rather good. <laughs> and they've made, it's fantastic. It's all like shattered chandeliers and things. And then they do these amazing circus acts. They are amazing. But the whole thing, thing of it is it's meant to be very decadent. And of course, because it's not Weimar Berlin, it isn't. Because they do, <laughs> they do it every night. It isn't. And so you come through the door and they put a rope around your neck. And, they do, and it's like, they're like vampires again, you know. And they're just going, what's your... What's your most bizarre... What's the most bizarre place you ever had sex? <laughs> and it just, make, it just makes you so English. <laughs> and I just, this guy said, what's the, what's the most incredible place... No, what's your sexual fantasy? And I, I just said, I'm looking at him. <laughs> and he went, have, have a good evening. So if you went on uh, the Brit Comedy Confessions and just respond, because you yeah. can do a response, you go, yes, okay. Go, oh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean yeah. it. <laughs> me so you, if you ever become a vampire, don't, you know, don't no. go arch on me. No, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't. If you become a vampire, you're allowed to put a stake through your own heart. Can you do that I yourself? Any... I, that um, one you did last week, yeah. about the zombie question, you see, yes. I thought, that she, it, Catherine said that she'd kill herself. In fact, if you blew your own head off, you yeah. wouldn't come back, would you? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But she but didn't also, really know enough well, about It's really interesting that zombies. Zombies, zombies have completely changed. Romero changed zombies from, you know, voodoo, yeah. Haiti, all that kind of thing into the, into the Walking Dead like that. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a very interesting case of a monster that's completely changed its sort of MO, really. Yeah. And that Night of the Living Dead version has become what zombies are. As you say, slow. Yeah. And brain-eating, that's all they ever do. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a not, I don't see what they get out of it. <laughs> Never explained. And, like, the problem I have with zombies is they kind of want to eat you, mm. but they only make new zombies if they just bite you and you then don't eat you. Do you does the bite make you into a zombie? Yeah, it depends bit, on the film, doesn't it? It does, but basically, mm. I'm, I've been watching a lot of The Walking Dead. I've watched four, ah, se- I've watched four series of that in about uh, <laughs> in a month, so I'm just obsessed with that. But yeah, basically, if you get bitten, in that, if you get splat, you know, really, if you get splattered with blood, right, you should, right. you should. So it's like a disease, then. Yeah, but and do you but, die and then come back, or do you just? Be- well, in The Walking Dead, spoiler alert. I don't know if I can say really. <laughs> People are going. Tss. 
don't listen if you haven't watched more than one series, The Walking Dead. Uh, it, the virus is in actually in everyone, so you, regardless of whether you get... <laughs> <laughs> regardless. You become a zombie the minute you die. Well, not the minute. As soon as you're dead, and then you're dead for a bit, and then you come back as a zombie. I'm deleting become... Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined. Yeah. Good. Uh, but uh, would, how would you cope? Would you be all right in a zombie apocalypse? No. I um, oh, it's depressing. <laughs> It'd be depressing. It I think you'd have trouble getting up in the morning, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would. I mean, all that. I, I think like triffids and things. I could cope yeah. with that. That's there's something. There's something quite adventurous about that. But I, 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 I guess it would. It would definitely. All the people who would get off on it, and I think there are such people who probably do wish to be a zombie apocalypse because it would make them feel important. Yeah. But after about 48 hours, they'd be, they'd be sick to death of it. Yeah. They'd be sick of the blood and the, and the, the fact, you know, no one's putting the bins out, <laughs> which, is, which is the great leveller. It know. is. Scottish re- referendum, zombie apocalypse, very yeah. similar. Well, if you want to kill, if you want to kill loads of people, <laughs> if you want to kill loads of people, zombies is good, you know, is good because you can shoot, you can shoot loads of people in the head. Yeah. But again, I think you would, after a while... There's a lot of there were there's, in The Walking Dead. There's a lot of zombies. I think they would thin out after a while. What are they? they keep what coming. are the survivors planning to do? Are they trying to get to an island? Well, they're just trying to survive. Really, they're just trying to get mm. by, and then trying to find. They find places they can go, and then annoyingly, everywhere they go, you think, "Oh, this is going to be all right." I, to be honest, I watched The Walking Dead, and I really want them just to find somewhere nice and yeah. set up a nice society, and then the rest of it just to be about them being happy. You're definitely 47 now. No zombies. Did you, no use, zombies did you watch Survivors? Do you remember yeah, Survivors? Yeah, I do. I was obsessed. I used, with I, oh, me too. Obsessed It was with the it. first thing that I wasn't allowed to watch, but that I would, you know, you'd see yeah, the opening. Yeah. Just the, all I really remember is the opening titles. Terrifying. Which were a, was a, a guy getting coughing and getting on a plane and then dropping the, the yeah, thing and yeah. everyone falling. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, but there was so, something in that which is never really talked about in these uh, apocalyptic things, which is that... It's a, it's a Terry Nation series from the 70s where an unnamed virus kills 98% of the world's population, so tiny pockets of survival. And about episode six, the, the people we've been following meet uh, the great Dennis Lill, who's formed a sort of commune. And it's, for like two episodes, it's a bit like a dark version of The Good Life. Because <laughs> they, they learn how to sort of do, use a loom and stuff yeah. like that. But then there's this really interesting stuff comes into play where he says, well, I'm going to have to impregnate all the women here and it's really very interesting but then the fantastic thing is they go they go off because they find a a radio beacon or something when they come back everyone's died of food poisoning because that's what would happen you know or or typhoid or something and it's it's like that's the least surviving is the least of your concerns (laughs) you know no it's true it's true but yeah every time they go in the walking dead the person who set up the society that's working turns out to be spoiler alert it was evil. You, you, you got, they turn out to have gone mad with power and just, oh. you know, you just think, well, why one person would have set up a nice like David, society? David Morrissey like David that. Morrissey yeah. is fantastic in it. Is Morrissey in it? <laughs> he is. I wish he was. See, if Morrissey set up, if it, was, if it was David Morrissey setting up one town and then the next town was Morrissey, I think the Morrissey town, I mean, it would be a bit racist and stuff, but it would be... Latterly. <laughs> yeah, towards, Latterly racist. Towards the end. But it would be yeah. all right, wouldn't it? Because be, be, everyone would be vegetarian and it would be yeah. getting on right. with each other. Cups of tea. Yeah. I listened to um, his autobiography uh, on a plane recently, oh, yeah. David, which David Morrissey reads. <laughs> and uh, I didn't listen to it all, but it's, 
It's very good, but it's very self-indulgent. He obviously didn't have an editor. No. But it's, it's interesting. The journey, he's taken quite a journey as Stephen Patrick Morrissey. Yes. And but did he just get David Morrissey to read it? Because I think it was Morrissey. the editor's idea. Right. But, you know, he's a scouser. I'm sure he wouldn't be happy about that. <laughs> there's a spinal tap thing, isn't it, where it's the... the there's great works of literature read by someone with the same name as... Yes. <laughs> so it's just that. <laughs> I'm going to ask you another emergency question. I'm going to, I'm going to ask one of the old ones because I sense the audience have turned against me. See, people hate change. They do. They hate yeah. it. But, you when know, you if I don't it, change stuff, it. one bloke on Twitter will go, oh... Richard Herring doing this same question again. And I care about that one bloke. I want him to be happy. The one bloke who will never like anything I ever do. I want to try and make him happy. That's Stuart Lee. It is Stuart. Wasn't he an extra in Survivors in his village? I'm sure he told me that. They came to film in his village and he had to lie down and be dead. Ask him. I think it's true. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll, he's coming on later in the series. I'll ask him about... I'll mainly talk about that. Just he's, that question. Yeah. Just over and over again. <laughs> go, no, I wasn't. Yes, you were. <laughs> Mark Gatiss says you were. <laughs> and yeah, he should know. Have you ever tried to suck your own cock? <laughs> why, do you, why do you think I've got a bad back? <laughs> Good. That is good. Uh, we talked about uh, time travel a little bit. I can't remember what we talked about, which, which bits we filmed. We filmed stuff backstage for people who are prepared to pay a little bit of money for this. So there is a, we had a long conversation backstage uh, about running, didn't we? It was good. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that now because yeah. you have to... Uh, you have to, you have to uh, pay twice. Yeah, you have to pay. Um, well, if you... I, I, I'm quite obsessed now with the <laughs> idea of becoming a conceptual artist. Right. Uh, do you have ideas like this? Because I think I play myself at snooker in my. Ba- when I was a kid, I used to play myself at snooker and commentate on it and be both players. But now I do that as an adult and commentate on it and put it out as a podcast, which I see as a work of art. Uh, other people see as a mental breakdown. <laughs> and I also had the idea of. Um, it's too late for me now, but uh, taking. If you throughout your whole life you save every pair of shoes you ever wear and then uh, just arrange them in a line. Uh, so you see the, the, your shoes. I mean, once you're dead... That's rather good. So it's like a mile long yeah. of all the different shoes you had, because that would show how you change and grow, and also the absence of the person. And good. What you good. Yeah. Do you have any idea? Do you have a conceptual art ideas? I mean, it's quite a difficult question to throw at you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll think of something. Yeah. I, do, I mean, it sounds terribly sort of fusty in middle age, because it is. Yeah. But I, I actually don't understand the difference between that and most conceptual. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that is, that's a very good I think idea. that's a good one. I was at a thing recently, a drawing prize, yeah. and the winner was a sound installation. Thought, <laughs> I, I was seeing I was the only person in the room who thought it was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, that's, that's, I, I like that. Yeah. It's not art, it's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing it's to It's an interesting at. thing to do. And that's, but that's sort of what art should be. I was walking around in Shepherd's Bush uh, in... Uh, well, and I think I was running in Shepherd's Bush, in fact. Uh, and I passed a... Uh, you run Shepherd's Bush. I run, I run it. <laughs> I've become the David the Morrissey. Bush. I'm you the governor the bush of Shepherd's Bush. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, there was a baby, like an old-style baby carriage, like you don't really get anymore, without wheels on it. Like pram. A, yeah, well, like a pram, but no wheels. Oh, I so see, just right. the, right. like, the yeah. basket bit. I yeah. think it might have used to have been on a pram. And inside oh. that pram was a used condom. <laughs> and I thought, just wow. like lying in there, I just thought, that's a great that work of good. art, isn't it? That's just... <laughs> it might have been, you should have... There might have well, been a I thought about it. taking it home, but then I thought, you know, I will be taking home a dirty cock that's probably had rats in it, and it's definitely got another man's semen. 
dripping all over it. So yeah, I could take that back to my wife and see if she again <laughs> she feels not you, again, Richard. Would you, would you mind if I put this in? <laughs> We've got a special room for all. I honestly know. I, I I'm like I, a pornographic really, backpuss. <laughs> And, but Richard loved it. <laughs> I do find it, I'm really intrigued by the idea. It's like, you know, who decides? Yeah. They, they decide. If I, was, I actually wanted to do a Doctor Who wants to call the they. Right. You know, we always say, well, they, they found this thing. <laughs> they, they've discovered, the, who are they? It's them. <laughs> uh, they're, they're over there. The they. Uh, that, that, that someone decides in the art establishment that someone's childish scrawl it's worth three quarters of a million pounds and the childish scroll next to it is just childish scroll. I yeah. think that's really... That's in itself interesting. Yeah. I found out something brilliant recently which um, I think is deserving of at least a short film. That the Mona Lisa was not the most famous painting of the world until it was first stolen uh, yes. in 1885, I think. 18, something like that. And more people came to see the space where it used to hang. <laughs> it's true. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And that's kind of the beginning of it all, really. The, it's a concept. Yeah. The, the absence of the Mona Lisa. I think that's really... It's rather beautiful. Yeah. But it's not art. It's silly. <laughs> it's just people being silly. <laughs> but you could... You, so do you still collect fossils? Do you still... Because that's I the do, kind of yes. thing I was, yes. I was sort of into. Not massively into, but I love that. Because, again, it's that... It's getting a piece of uh, very ancient history. Mm. So you collect them... You still collect them now? Yeah, trilobites are my yeah. favourite. I adore trilobites. What's the biggest trilobite you've got? It's not that big. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's about yay big. Okay. The thing is, you, you know, you can just buy them. Yeah. And it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen ones that I used to only see in books. Paradoxides. Fact fans. <laughs> which is a Cambrian trilobite. It's like this big. Yeah. And you find them in shops in Brighton and you just buy them. But it's not the same. You have, if you find them, though. And I found my first one. It was yeah. a red letter day. Do you have a little kind of hammer that you can tap them out? A big the, hammer. A big hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. I suddenly, the other day, I was suddenly thinking, what, when I was a kid, what I really wanted to have was a metal detector. Yes. And I never had a metal detector. Get and one. The other day, I thought I could buy a metal detector. Yeah. They're like, only like, I'm thinking get one for 33 quid. The, the great, the only, <laughs> the only joy of being a grown up is you can do things like that. Yeah. Just go, I'm going to get that. You can have one of those. But it's not the same, you see. No. But you, you might find a Roman hoard. Someone found one the other day. I know, 22,000 uh, coins or something, yeah. wasn't it? Exciting. It is exciting. I love all What would you do with them? I'd uh, <laughs> pretend to be a rich Roman person. <laughs> See, it's all come back <laughs> around. Is, yes. Richard wants to live in ancient Rome. I'd like to live in ancient Rome. I'd like to live in Pompeii. Pompeii and Rasputin, they're my main interests. Would you, at what stage would you get out of Pompeii? <laughs> uh, just. Just in time. Just before. I'd be There's like, a brilliant, the, you, uh, do you watch, the elder or younger. Do you ever watch movies for men? No. It's a terrible, terrible channel. Okay. With all the worst films ever made. <laughs> Including a lot of like Steve Reeves, Hercules films and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's a, there's a terrible film about Pompeii, two-parter, which is in a bit of a loop. And uh, it's an Italian... It's one of those... It's actually from the 80s, but it's one of those sort of Italian, Swiss, German, Danish co-productions right. they used to do. <laughs> Very badly dubbed. And it starts in the present day in Pompeii, and then it flashes back to the volcano day. And uh, this, um, this uh, Roman soothsayer, not John Pertwee, <laughs> comes on and predicts that, that Pompeii will last for a thousand years. And then this Christian soothsayer comes on full of dire warnings. And the, there's lots of dubbed extras in the background. <laughs> at, one, at one point, absolutely distinctively, you could hear one of them just go, here comes the man. <laughs> 
I watched it about ten times just to see that bit. Here comes the man. That's my old biography. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about. But you are you. Were, that's how the League of Gentlemen you bonded is over these sort of horror the horror films. Really. Yes, yeah. Like, Carry on screaming was yeah. there was a there was a there was a day when we all first met when we realised we all had a memory of, of watching Carry on screaming one bonfire night. Right. We could actually. I mean, you can look it up now. It was yeah. bonfire night, nineteen seventy six or something. We instead of being outside playing, we were all watching Oddbod Junior. Right. <laughs> These things are formative, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and are you go I, well? Are you, are you meet, are you're meeting all the uh, legal gentlemen guys on yes, Thursday, Thursday. I understand. There we are. Yes. I really do my research. Yeah. Uh, so is that that's the first time you've met up for? No, for no, no. We, I, to, I've just I've just been working with Steve all over the summer. But um, all together, all four of you together. Yes. It's 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 been a while actually. And are you making plans? We are making plans. Uh, yes. For Nigel. Because uh, Jared. <laughs> Jeremy was saying, Jeremy Dyson was saying um, you were, he wasn't sure whether, what, what you would do or what people would want, but I, I don't think, you didn't really, you kept it, uh, you didn't do too much stuff together, mm. you know, so I think like, there, there would be a real hunger for more I stuff. So. I mean, it's early, it's early days, we just, it's a possibility, yeah. but we did a, we did a charity gig last year That's right, yeah. uh, for the Royal Free. And it's weird. we get those sort of requests all the time, and we never do them, we suddenly just did. Yeah. And we just did a few old sketches, and it was lovely. And our old tour manager was in the wings, and you could you could hear the <laughs> chings in his. Uh, my favourite bit was that we did the Indian restaurant sketch, you know, and we always used to do this bit where Reese is trying to think of which fruit goes up the Scotsman's arse. <laughs> and it, when we were on tour thirty-eight thousand years ago, uh, we we just used to improvise something every night, depending on where we were in the country. And on this for this gig, um, Steve says. Uh, see uh, Monty Python are getting back together. <laughs> I said, yeah. Do you reckon they'll do any new material? I said, no, it's just be a load of old men doing the same old shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the three of us just sort of stared into space. <laughs> Seemed to go down well. <laughs> but yeah, well, I saw that so you do, uh, I saw the Canal Cafe version of the League of Yeah, Jumpers, way back. So, yeah. So it's... Uh, that's, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's 20 years ago now. Oh, that's yeah. Bloody hell. Nearly 20 years. <sighs> <laughs> what, uh, were, there, were there many characters that didn't make it? Because uh, Jeremy was talking the other day about something you did that then Garth Marenghi came out and it was a bit, uh, a bit <laughs> the yeah, same. He did this character called Mick Horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it's based on Sean Hudson. The, right. uh, Robin Inst knows all about this. It's yeah. bad books. The horror writer. He wrote the famous series of books about slugs. Right. Night of the Slugs and that sort of thing. <laughs> Unlikely horror monsters. And uh, it was like a sort of... We basically just wrote loads of his, his books. As right. <laughs> and uh, we found, I found one the other day and it absolutely made me cry with laughter. Because they're sort of vaguely naughty and then horribly graphic. <laughs> but rather than, you know, rats or bats or something, it's... Slugs, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we did a few of those, and uh, a few from the radio, which didn't translate because they were kind of radio. Really. Yeah, uh, but and, and uh, there was there was some, there was one big one I used to love doing. It was really my, one of my big characters in in live, which was a PE teacher called Mister McCunn, and because uh, I always always hated PE teachers, and it was we. I remember early days we used to. Our mantra was, write what you hate. <laughs> and I kind of poured all my frustrations with that sort of, that sort of bellicose, 
sort of willfully ignorant man who would then nevertheless then go off and teach you maths because they, <laughs> they weren't stupid. But it was like a sort of celebration of the the, the base, and it was the, the the double period of the of the week where the where the apes were in control. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But we never did that. I can't quite remember why it didn't translate. But there we are. Yeah, yeah. My, my I was thinking about my because I, I was my dad was my headmaster at school. Which is a bit Oof. weird, anyway. Uh, but then, so the, game, the most of the teachers. I mean, looking back, I think it puts them in a weird position because they, you know, if I was quite cheeky and naughty, mm. but how do they deal with that in the right way? You know, you don't think of it from their point of did view. Did he not? But, did he not sort of overcompensate? Did he say that you must have no sort of indulgence for? No, I mean, I don't know. Sure. I think he was quite. He, he, there was deputy heads who did most of the kind of school day to day schooling things. So mm. He was quite a distant figure in a way. He wasn't. So he did. He, he did teach me A level math. So I did, was, that was kind of weird. But uh, but the, I remember the games teacher kind of would would be one of the people who would slightly bully me. You know, because they were they would. <laughs> that's what they're like. Also, but, you know, if you three are looking for some numbers, <laughs> yeah, surely. But it's sort of part of their job, isn't it? It's trying. They're trying to. Is that they're trying to knock some manliness into yeah. this yeah. us ner- nerdy dweeby little like boy? Now I want. I, I mean, obviously, I don't go into schools. <laughs> but I wonder what it's like because when so much of the rest of the culture has been, you know, it's all very careful now about yeah. in case. First of all, in case people sue, or in case people are offended because of their religion, or I wonder what PE's like now. Does anyone know? They want a PE teacher? No, they won't admit it now, will they? After we just, uh, <laughs> I wonder that because it was always a, it was such a, it was, there was a, a, a base level of bullying, yeah, and uh, you know swimming was like a nightmare. It was like you had to sort of drown, <laughs> sink or swim, literally. But I wonder what it's like now. Interestingly. Well, let us know if you're listening. Right in. If you're a 13-year-old boy listening to this, write in to me. Don't do, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it could. Yeah. Uh, did you, uh, were you the kind of, because I did play uh, like snooker and sabutio against myself all the time. Were you that kind of kid? Were you, were you, were you occupied? Did you have like brothers and sisters and friends that you played with or did you you know I spent hours and hours I had like one best friend at primary school Um, I used to play I did I love snooker yeah snooker's the only sport I really like yeah, Still, well, it was one of them. And now you like running as well. Running but I, school, I, yeah. I, I like running at school. Uh, so did you play? Did you play snooker against yourself? And yeah, I used to babysit for some people up the road, and they had a half-size snooker table. Yeah. I loved it. And then I realised when I got to a big snooker table, I might as well not have bothered because <laughs> it was so difficult. It is. Yeah, I play uh, on a six by three. Uh, it's one. Of the uh, it's one, okay. one day I want to. Uh, I'm hoping that you'd like to have a room when you with the. I would size. like, but I would actually. Yeah. What I'd like to do with my snooker podcast is my ultimate. If you haven't listened to it, you have to start from the beginning. That's the first thing. And this for, frame forty-seven is really good. I've done forty-seven frames so far. I've actually done fifty because there've been three uh, specials for my DVDs. Uh, so, <laughs> will you stop after one forty-seven? Well, I thought I did think that when I got to forty-seven, but no, it's going to go on forever mm. until one of the players dies. Uh, and uh, what my ultimate goal with it is for it to become so. At the moment, it's getting less popular all the time. So it, start, <laughs> it started at thirty thousand listeners. It's now down to four thousand. Well downloads they might not even be listening I, my ultimate aim is to get one or no listeners but still carry on playing yeah. but then my other aim is to tour the country just doing playing myself for snook because I, t- I don't think there's enough I think even forget that not pl- playing yourself a snooker which some people think is an odd thing to do they, I don't think there's enough sport which is played by people who aren't very good at it 
that you can go and watch. Right, there's school stuff, but again, you, could, well, you and I can't go. Can we come and watch the uh, under-14s football, Because <laughs> that would look odd. But that you know, most people aren't that good at sport, and that's kind of more interesting than watching people who are really good at sport. Well, I do. I, as a non-sports fan, I, I do wonder what it must be like to live in a country that is routinely brilliant. Yeah. If you've won the World Cup four times, yeah. What, have you, what do you do? I mean, well, some people world, like that, don't they? People. England, 1966 is like our creation myth. It's, <laughs> it's, all, we've, it's all we've got left. That and the war. Yeah. We cling to them. Yeah. If you just won it, it's like... Yeah. It's not the same. But anyway, I would like to tour the country, play myself at snooker, not very, because I'm not very good. Do you, know, you never play against anyone else? Uh, I try not to. It's, why, it's, it's a shame it. um, it what's it. snooker loopies gone. What was it called? Uh, the Jim Davidson yeah. thing. What was it called? Um, Big Break. Big break. Yeah. I could bring back Big Break, but I would have to do all the speakers. I'd ultimately like to go to play at the Reading Hexagon on a six by three table, (laughs) surrounded by people watching it and supporting. Do you not entertain a fantasy that's like some miracle would happen, and (laughs) for one year you would become Embassy World Snooker Champion? I did as a child, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Now I'm more realistic about my skills. Who is your favourite player? Um, I guess. It's a good question. That is hard. I think. I mean, they're not the same. There's not the characters anymore. And there isn't. I did like. I mean, you know, I liked Hurricane Higgins, who me too yeah. is very much in the mould of. Yeah. But uh, but then Herring. I did respect the uh, you know the the grafters yeah. in a way. Steve Steve Davis, who's more like me, yeah. one. Uh, and uh, we were talking about Bill Werbenek the other day. He was talking about Big that. Bill. Yeah. I will tell you, it was Paul uh, Paul Sinner met David Icke. Uh, he, was, he wrote a blog about it. Paul Sinner, the, who's the cinnamon from uh, The Chase, but also a fantastic comedian, but he likes quizzes. He was doing a gig with David Icke. He thought, you know, how am I going to cope with David Icke? And then David Icke said, who remembers Bill Werbenek? And then they talk, he just talked for half an hour about the time he was a snooker commentator. I saw, I saw an interview with David Icke a few years ago, and, you know, he's, he's full-on crackers. Yeah. And... And then at the end of it, they just said something like, well, what do you think about Spurs this, this season? He went, well, the thing is, and he just, he just became a football pundit yeah. again. So somewhere in all of that, he just still follows football. Yeah. And stuff. I'm intrigued. I'm convinced now that Cameron's done that uh, phone call. He's having to revise his idea that the Queen is a lizard because she purrs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think she might be more like a cheetah person or something. You know? I was really disc- sorry to bang on about these things. I was really cross yesterday watching Andrew Andrew Marr because he he said to Cameron, "Are you ashamed of that phone call?" He asked him twice. I right. thought, "Oh, grow up!" <laughs> it's just a thing, isn't it? Yeah. He was shamed. No, I'm not. <laughs> She's a lion. Why would I? <laughs> I was frightened of her. She's from space. David Icke played uh, golf for Hereford United as well, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, oh, did Hereford- he? Maybe who knows. I've got uh, Jer- Jeremy and I once bought one of his books. After the Matrix came out, he he became obsessed with the idea that that's, that was the truth. Right. Everything is just a construct. The Matrix is like the closest thing to real life we have. And there's a there's a first there's an eyewitness account from a housewife in Herefordshire or something who once walked into the middle of a wood and saw Ted Heath and Reginald Maudlin, the then <laughs> Home Secretary, decloak. Turn into lizards and sacrifice a child or something like that. We we came hysterical about this idea. This is also the base of conspiracy theories like that, is that why would these (laughs) immensely powerful space lizards 
then preside over the most piss-weak administration of the late 20th century. Just for fun. (laughs) Yeah. And why would they take over a planet and then not just go, well, we're in charge now. Here's our real lizard form. Why why are they going to the trouble of dressing? I think I said... We're going to come off the gold standard. (laughs) (laughs) The IMF can fuck themselves. What about what about a three day week? <laughs> it's good, isn't it? It's a lot more admin than I was expecting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's go back. No, we can't. I've got the clothes now. <laughs> I bought that yacht. <laughs> But also, I think I said this in the last series, but someone was saying David Baddiel was one of these uh, lizard. lizard people. No. But you, but you think, but if you're a lizard person, you can choose any physical form you want. <laughs> why would Who you choose David? Why would you be? I mean, no offence, David Baddiel, but you wouldn't be David Baddiel, would you? You, you could be anything you wanted. Rob oh, Newman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could be Rob Newman. Now, see, that's more plausible because he's gone, he's disappeared. He, he's well, he's sort of, yeah, he's Slippery. back and forth now. He's doing, yeah. he's, he's, uh, he does um, stuff Slippery about, like a uh, lizard. Evolution and stuff now. I'm sure he would be a little bit more into the conspiracy theories. <laughs> that would be weird if he was, and then he, it was actually him. Mm. I think it's David Icke who's the lizard. That's what I've realised. Brilliant. And he's distract- that's what people do, isn't it? They go yeah, yeah. Uh, to distract from themselves. They yes. go, oh, it's, he's yes. the lizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was me all along. That's how he saved all those goals. How did he get to that? <laughs> <laughs> you should have him on. Why don't you have him on? I, well... He wears blue and he calls himself Jesus Christ. He does. Well, we've got a lot in common. What is the guest list for a podcast? Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, if he comes back, I'd definitely have Jesus. But yeah. uh, I thought of a great idea for a series the other day. What was that? I I just said in the course of conversation, Christ woman. And I thought, that's good, isn't it? Like the She-Hulk. Yeah. What if Jesus... What if if Jesus came back and it it was a woman? That's an interesting program Christ woman <laughs> the problem with you is you're so successful you can have those ideas and make them no. happen you can I have ideas like that all the time <laughs> and then I can't be bothered to do them because it's quite hard work writing scripts yeah. and also then no one will put them on so the but you one. you're so successful you can go I'm not going to do any more Sherlock unless I can do Christ <laughs> and and unless Richard Herring can do his good night good night sweetheart sweetheart <laughs> Oh yeah, sitcom. Yeah. yeah, with Nick Lindhurst. Uh, he might be in it, but it's really about me finding a tunnel back in time to the set of Goodnight Sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so he might be a. Cu- I think he probably it goes be a on. It's like mirrors cu- reflecting mirrors. <laughs> it is. If you could yeah. go back in time through a little portal, I mean, you know, that's and you went back to World War Two, London. Yeah. Do you think you'd do a bit more than just get off with like the person in the local pub, or would you? <laughs> I think you know, that you've been presented with an opportunity there. Go and, you would go and do I more than I think I'd find Gary the biggest Sparrow. standing set I could. <laughs> and somehow spend all my time in it. What frightens me is that when I was a child, when we were a, chil- yeah. when we were a child, when the same we one. Together. Nicholas Lindhurst was a child actor. Now he's in New Tricks. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> it tells me is that it? New Tricks has let down its original remit by letting very young people... Correct. <laughs> Very young people who you're part of the gang. Even new tricks is being has become yes. victim to this Coming curse down. of the oldie. Yes. These people are too old to be on TV. That's the point. No, they have to have young. Yeah. We have to have 25 year old Justin Bieber in new tricks. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch that. 
But you could do it. For, you could do Along a new tricks <laughs> of people who are like in their late 20s who are now a bit too old to be, you know, in the prime time yeah, stuff. Yeah. Just, now, just yeah. too old. Yeah, just too old. So yeah. they do a new tricks thing of... Well, it's like an old folks' home for people who are 28. <laughs> <laughs> in acting terms, that is, you know, that is... Unless Sadly you have 20. a characterful face, Mark. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Look, we, um, I think we're going to have to stop. It's uh, bedtime. Yeah, it is, I'm really tired. We're both poorly. <laughs> both poorly. We're just blathering on. Yeah. Uh, I saw... I've you're got, a fan of Night Nurse? Uh, I don't... Well... <laughs> Did, we did have some of that. There was my some, drug of there choice. Was, there was capsules from nightmares. Very good. Yeah. Guaranteed good night's sleep. Okay, well, I'll try, I might try that yeah. tonight. I'm not terribly ill. And you know what? Talking to you mm. and last week made when you I was worse. with Catherine <laughs> yeah, has, uh, yeah, has made me feel slightly uh, worse than I was. Uh, but uh, and you know what? We don't know who's on next week's uh, podcast yet. If you've no, got any, there's no throw forward. We've got no... Uh, I haven't booked anyone for next week. Mm. So if you've got any... Uh, do you know uh, who's around? I don't know. Is Amy Pond around? You, you know, uh, <laughs> what about the man core? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, he used we, to like... he's gone. David Icke, though the man core. He? Yeah, he's gone a bit like uh, the guy from the course. Uh, I don't, what I don't about? Know, I don't. These people know who either of us are. There's nobody there. <laughs> just, There's nobody all, there. This is in your attic yeah. room. It's the guy we're going to go and. <laughs> What about the other cores? Are they still there? Uh, Yeah, I think they are still. uh, Are they on Loose Women or something? No, they're not. (laughs) Well, I was kind of hoping to get... Because, you know, I had in uh, Fist of Fun, I had a Julia Sawala shrine to begin with. And then Sarah... You liked Sarah Sutton, didn't you, as well? Nissa. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. But six, seven years later, I went out with Julia Sawala in real life (laughs) for two years. Wow. But then, what it was, was this morning, like? it was kind of weird. Not intimate. And then, <laughs> it was sort of a strange thing to happen. Did you feel uh, like sort of Rupert Pupkin? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like, when it, the, the, the first week I met her, it felt, I just thought, oh, I've gone mentally ill. Mm. <laughs> Stu, Stu was in uh, Australia at the time, and I emailed him and said, I think I'm going out with Julius Wilde, and he genuinely thought I'd had a <laughs> But in, the, in This Morning Richard, Not Judy, I, I changed that to the core shrine, to the shrine to the cause, and there was the man core crossed out, mm. and uh, I liked, um, what was she called, the, the, the prettiest one? Well, that's very offensive that you've all chosen the same, same one. It was Andrea. But Andrea... So I kind of thought, well, the, scientifically I've proven in 2007 I'll be going out with Andrea Core, But that hasn't happened yet, so maybe, maybe it's an exponential thing. You know that literally the last 25 years have been your breakdown <laughs> from that first week with Judith Sawala. Yeah. All this. It could be, that's what I... Still part of it. But then I, I do worry about things like that and, I do a jo- and then I do a joke about it in, uh, in my current show and then saying, you know, I'm, I think I maybe died when I was 16 and the rest of my life has been a weirdly unambitious dream. <laughs> it'd kind of be, it'd be a shame to have that and just not because you know just this is going, what goes to <laughs> why have I done this kind of me I could have done anything with my imagination why have I done this mediocre thing and the drip of water has fallen yeah. on Mark Gatiss now which means that is time ladies and gentlemen I can reveal that it's actually, it's actually acid <laughs> it's fallen it's uh, we work on a kind of a very we don't have clocks here in the last very <laughs> very complicated water base. Uh, I think we will we'll uh, leave it there. But um, yeah. do you want just, to share a cab? 
Good to yeah. I've got a good uh, Doctor Who uh, idea because I went. I was in uh, Hertfordshire, walking in the woods, and there was a house uh, with in the front window. There was a, a four foot high knitted ten year old boy knitted doll uh, with its hands banging on the banging on the window with its arms above its head banging on the window, dressed in like real ten year old boy's clothes. What? But I thought that's that you should do that in Doctor Who. And you know what's really... This is... Because I do this in the current show. I do this... This is a complete true story. You walk past it, this t- knitted doll. Knitted. Smile on its face. Hands above its head as if it's banging on the barred windows of this house. Which suggests... It suggests to me that window's been barred to keep the flax and child within. <laughs> <laughs> and if it weren't, they weren't, they would smash through. I did this routine and uh, my tech had to go... Couldn't do the weekend show. So a replacement tech came in who hadn't seen the show. He came up to me afterwards and said... Um, you know that uh, house? I think that's my great aunt who lives at that house. <laughs> what? I mean, what are the chances? What was the explanation? Of, well, he just she said she, she said the explanation was she'd had a breakdown and was insane <laughs> and was and was now dead and died in the two years since I saw this. Amazing. But that'd be a good. She couldn't a, have children of her own, so <laughs> she, she knitted them. them, and then they come to life. Oh uh, God! That would yes. be a good. Well, that that um, what's that advert for the uh, conditioner? Fabric condition, it's a bit yeah. like that. Those yeah, soft, it is a little like, like those soft people. They could come Very to life. Sinister. They could come, They could be yeah. in Doctor Who. It's good, I like it. Just, it's mainly in it, Doctor Who, just spotting a thing and then doing loads of them attacking stuff. That's yes. where it, it mainly Yes. Get one thing, go, that's... And then... I like, guarantee no one's ever done knitted children. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I'd like big clangers or something, really. <laughs> The clangers well, are coming back. Oh, yeah, they are. The clangers are coming back with that. Michael Palin. And yeah. the Danger Mouse is coming back with uh, the actor Kevin Eldon. And Alexander, and Alexander Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah. Not as exciting as the actor Kevin Eldon. Where is that? That's true. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Why don't we bring one of those things back? We're doing Christ Woman. Christ <laughs> <laughs> Woman. Well, let's do Hector's house. Oh. Yeah. Jolly old Hector. I knew I'd get him. See, there's some... Him. I knew I'd get the exact reference. There's some old people. Yes. <laughs> Hex House is pretty much my earliest Kiki and Zaza. Do you remember? Mm. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, I told you it'd all be about 1970s kids TV, and I was correct. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, massive round of applause to Mark Hayters. <laughs> Thank you very much. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Mark Gatiss. The music was my pest. Thanks to Orange Mark and everyone at the British Comedy Guide, all the staff and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre, and Chris Evans. Not that one. No, not that one from the Avengers. No, not the Australian politician. The one from Wales. It was produced by Ben Walker. It's a fuzz go faster strike and Sky Potato production. Takes three different production companies to make this... Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed show two of series, whatever this is, of Rich Chang's Less Square Theatre Podcast. It is free. You can watch it on video for free this time as well. If you feel that you're getting value for money of the 50 or so podcasts we've done so far, if you think they're worth 2p each, could you go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges and give us a pound? Uh, you can give, if you think they're worth more than 2p each, you can give more uh, money. Uh, that will help fund uh, future projects and make make us able to pay for filming it this time around. Uh, if you want to keep me afloat, I've had a very difficult Edinburgh and don't have any money. Uh, if you want me personally to get some money, you can buy one of my DVDs at gofasterstripe.com or you can come and see me on tour, Lord of the Dance City, all over the country. Go to richtraining.com slash gigs for information about that. Thanks for listening. Bye. Tell your friends. Bye. That's it. Bye. <laughs>